Hello and welcome to this episode of Dallas Christian College's Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, and uh, we are dealing with some very challenging and I hope thought-provoking topics over these next several months, and we're going to continue looking at, at events that are impacting our society, uh, the world of education, and the church. And our goal, as always, is to uh, create some fresh discussion and engage you all in conversation. Uh, today, again, I'm here with uh, Dallas Christian College's president, Dr. Brian Smith, and Mark Worley, who is the vice president of institutional advancement. In our previous episode, we uh, kicked off a discussion and an overview of Christian worldview, and we're going to continue in that discussion and go a little deeper today. And so, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you, and, and you can lead us off into this this thought-provoking discussion we're going to have today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Scott. Yeah, last uh, last episode we talked about worldview and what that means, and man, sometimes that that uh, that meaning gets lost in, in uh, transition there or translation, either way. But I, I know uh, Brian recently. You know, we were in a, a discussion with uh, a group of people in a in a Zoom cast, and and you talked about that. Today, a Christian worldview is more important today than just about any time in the future. And you, you talked about, yeah, yeah, like as a president of a of a Christian college, really emphasizing worldview, a Christian worldview. So, so why is that? I mean, why why did you come out, man? You know, you're not overly passionate about certain things, but man, all of a sudden it was like boom. Uh, I'm passionate about this. So, so where did that come from? Well, you know, I've I've taught theology and philosophy and worldview for for many years, and have been passionate about that in and of itself. And um, it, it's been a, a you know a deep passion for me. But, um, and frankly, one of the reasons I'm in Christian higher education is because I appreciate the way that Christian higher education values. Um, the strengthening and formation of a student's worldview. So I've always loved that, but our, our current, you know, uh, time period in the United States, at least the last six months to, you know, has really kind of sparked in me this renewed sense that um, with all that is going on, that we need, we need leaders uh, more than ever before that have a, a deeply held and articulate Christian worldview. So, you know, every age, every decade, you know, in the history of the church might think that the persecution is the worst or that the culture is misaligned with the church or whatever. And I'm not saying we have a corner on that market. I'm not saying it's truly worse than it's ever been. I, I don't know. But in my life here and in my career, um, I've always loved uh, what we do in training Christian um, Christians to have an articulate uh, Christian worldview. But I suppose the last uh, few months has, has shown me that in the midst of uh, maybe more, uh, but certainly very pronounced political division and, and arguments and, and things around culture and, and racial tensions. And uh, when you deal with, you know, <laughs> a global pandemic, all of those things um, have brought to my mind the absolute necessity um, of having more and more leaders in the church uh, in various places in the world, in, in, in areas of influence um, that cannot just speak um, from a Christian perspective in some general sense, but from a deep, um, articulate, 
thought through worldview that can actually influence individuals and maybe depending on their platform, uh, much more than one or two or 500 individuals with a Christian worldview. I think that um, that's more vital than ever. It's urgent. Okay. So, so I mean, when, when you're talking about uh, Christian college worldview versus Man, I don't want to mention any college or university because mm, I could no. get in trouble real quick. <laughs> uh, you know, we could have Texas A and M folks all over us real we don't quick. Want that. There, no. There's a lot of those people. <laughs> so, um, but but I mean, how is it different, and and what what difference does it make? I mean, can you give give us some examples? Yeah. Uh, for example, of uh, worldview questions that that really demonstrates what you're talking about or why would dcc or any christian college and christian worldview leader be different than than uh, a secular leader well you know i think that uh one one can only um i need to say this carefully uh one can only get so far with just learning the bible one must take bible learning bible knowledge and not only let it transform their life through the power of the Holy Spirit, but also uh, they need to engage the culture around them, even the culture that is contrary to that biblical worldview. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, 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 a big portion of that. And in a relatively safe incubator, for lack of a better word, environment, uh, whether through more of a traditional or even an online program, a Christian college um, can educate and mentor, in our case, uh, students to really develop that so that graduates can can go out and um, in a gracious, loving, but firm manner know that they can truly see to the heart of issues because uh, so often cultural issues um, uh, don't get solved because there's a clash of worldviews that, uh, maybe I'm overstating the case a little bit, no one bothers to stop and ask, wait, what's the real problem here? And so, you know, a great example of that, I think, that, that I've come to use as, I think, one of the clearest examples uh, is, is what is my view of, of a human being? What is a human? Uh, because, you know, worldview asks big questions like, what is reality? Is there a God? What's the nature of reality? I mean, there's really big questions. And in, and in many ways, who is the human being or what is a human being? Either way is actually founded on what do you believe about God? What do you believe about the universe? Of course. But it's really easy to see that as maybe a slightly secondary question actually informs so many things that we're arguing about today or that we're divided about or that social media is discussing or, or whatever it happens to be. So, so, you know, to give an example, um, you know, uh, human nature is ultimately at the heart of so many big questions. Uh, and they're very controversial. So let me throw out a couple. One would be um, the pro-life, pro-choice or abortion question. And uh, the purpose of this episode today isn't to discuss what's right or wrong about that. Although, as you can imagine, I have an opinion about that. And I think I'm right. Of course I do. Um, but here, what I want to do is, is reveal what, what matters about that question. And what matters about that question is how you view who the human being is determines ultimately your position on whether abortion is more morally acceptable or not. Or maybe the other end of the age spectrum, euthanasia. Either direction, it's what do you believe about the human 
ultimately, what do you believe about God and morality? But ultimately, what do you believe about the human? Because one of the big questions is, you know, for those who might be pro-choice or pro-abortion, they might might absolutely believe that that's a human baby, and they would rather abortions not happen. But for whatever reason, in their worldview, a woman's choice might go above the value of that might, human might life. Might trump it. It might trump it. Uh, whereas someone who is, you know, has a strong pro-life position, generally would say the opposite. But there, there are a few in the camp of. Um, I would, I would not even say they're pro-choice. They're pro-abortion. In other words, that their worldview would say that. Um, Perhaps there's no God. Uh, perhaps that uh, we are just stuff. We're just matter and energy. Therefore, there's no inherent yeah. value in human life. Therefore, abortion wouldn't be morally objectionable. Well, I thought that, I, I think yeah. that's interesting because you you know again in high school I diverted. I grew up in the church, but yeah. diverted. Uh, and evolution was interesting. Mm-hmm. Messed with that worldview of a human being. I mean, if if you just evolved. You know, if you're not created in yep. the image of God, et cetera, et cetera, it makes a, it made a huge difference in me personally. I can't speak for everybody, but made a huge difference in me. So, you know, again, when you're talking about a worldview, how do you, how do you, you in, in particular, how do you kind of gather somebody's worldview? I mean, can you do that by just checking their temperature? <laughs> what do you, if it were how, only that easy, yeah. yeah. How, how do you find yeah. out, okay, like a student here at DCC, how, how do you find out, oh, that's their worldview, that's their background? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, interrogation, and, and and I don't mean that in the in the law enforcement sense. I mean truly the, the deep questioning and getting to know someone's uh, presuppositions. What do they presuppose about certain things? And, and, and like I've mentioned a few times that for many – uh, including me, there are presuppositions I likely have that I haven't articulated yet yeah. that are maybe underneath certain beliefs that I haven't bothered to check. And so it, it takes relationship building. It takes really getting to know the person unless they have articulated it well and can spit it out quickly. Uh, for many, it takes, you know, days, months, weeks, you know, a long time to really get to know someone and understand the worldview, especially if they haven't articulated it already. Yeah. So right now, I mean, there's a pretty, pretty heavy uh, emphasis about racism, yep. things like that. So th- that would be from a worldview perspective. And you, you might have a parent who is pretty racist, but the child or the son or daughter is absolutely not. So what happened there? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and, you know, that, that that certainly is a complex question that probably has sociological, psychological, and a whole bunch of other other implications. But I would say that it does show in that particular hypothetical case that one's worldview is not absolutely determined by their, their upbringing or their conditioning, the nature-nurture sort of debate. Um, some would argue with me on that, some who would have a more of a deterministic worldview or even um, some... Uh, postmodern perspectives would say that we are culturally determined to have certain worldviews. But uh, in reality, we can all think of examples where someone might have developed a different worldview than a parent or a mentor or or a school they went to. Um, there are even those yeah. who have graduated from Christian colleges that no longer have a Christian worldview. And there's some who 
maybe went to a Christian college and didn't develop much of a Christian worldview, but would develop it later. And so it's more complex than it being this so is that a result, quick and easy thing. Yeah. So is that a result of influence or is it a result? I mean, I, I've yeah. seen where, you know, a lot of political leaders, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, group leaders, movement leaders, yeah. their, their, their worldview is shaped by a professor at some point you know my look my worldview in high school is shaped by my biology teacher in sophomore year in high school <laughs> right uh so so how does a how does a leader uh maybe a christian leader how do we here at dcc for example work to change a worldview from a secular worldview for example to a christian worldview how do we do that well i think that that perhaps uh not to not to say uh, rather biasly that the Christian worldview is correct, but of course that's our perspective. No one listening to this is surprised by that, uh, that we would say that a Christian worldview isn't just a matter of changing certain propositions, things I think about things, from one thing to something more reasonable, although that's part of it, uh, because we believe in the transformational uh, power of you know, the Holy Spirit and uh, the church as an influence and the Bible itself, and mentors and teachers and all of those things play into it. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, one of, one of the, on the more intellectual sides, uh, one of the things that someone can, can do is, is to be challenged uh, by their worldview that sometimes it doesn't take a lot of convincing. It can be just bringing out a faulty presupposition or a contradiction into the light of day. Yeah. And the person realizes, uh-oh, I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, yeah. it you know take back to the you know abortion sort of debate. Uh, you you might uh, you know as as you know uh, many crisis pregnancy centers focus on showing the mother the actual baby using an ultrasound, yeah. and that's not necessarily overtly intellectual, although it certainly has intellectual elements. And, and I some see would view it. that as cruel. It, some would see that as cruel, but it that's very experiential, but there are definitely points where you can say that very earth-shattering experience for some women completely changed their worldview so that they would make a different choice and choose life. And yeah. so it's, it, sometimes worldviews can shift on a dime. If you have a tragedy in your life, it could make you question the existence of God or, or the opposite. Yeah. You could have something happen where you can't deny the existence of God anymore because he did something incredible in your life. Um, and so worldviews aren't necessarily long, steady, thought through things. They can be shifted very quickly as well. You, you, so. you know, again, it's interesting to me that in, in my own uh, personal case, I was in a very legalistic church mm -hmm. and I wanted no part of that. So I was really open to a change in worldview. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that happened pretty quickly. I mean, again, uh, sophomore in biology class and a, prof, yeah. or a teacher who I viewed really in, intelligent and interacted with me, you know, uh, pretty well. So, I, I, yeah, it can be. So, so look, it, is a strong worldview sufficient for a leader? Uh, I mean, when we graduate, guys, with a, a strong Christian worldview, is is that sufficient for them to make a change in the world? You know, it's a, it's a huge step, and I would say it's probably still one of the one of the major ways someone can uh, can affect culture. Because when you don't have that deeply deeply articulated Christian worldview, haven't thought through it, you aren't ready to truly have those big deep discussions. 
it ends up that your influence is more superficial. But uh, to really get to your question, that uh, I do believe it's it's more than that. I think that you know a, a Christian leader who has that worldview but keeps it silent, like the person who has the truth of the gospel but doesn't share it. Uh, same idea. You, you have to do things like invest in truly understanding the other side's position. Yeah. Um, to really understand that, again, back to abortion, because that is such a big deal, big deal to me, but also a big deal to many listeners and, and many people in our country. Uh, the truth is, it's, you know, well, it's probably true, and I don't have good stats for this, that most people who hold a pro- pro-choice position aren't looking to happily kill babies everywhere. I'm using hyperbole on purpose to make a point that hardly anyone, although there probably are some, are out there trying to, quote, murder babies. They have other deeply held reasons for believing what they believe, and they're not trying to um, have, uh, you know, evil intent in their heart. And I think if you can truly understand where some individual is coming from, but also do the hard work of researching and understanding reasons for positions, you're not setting up a straw man to walk, to, to knock it down. Uh, that's a cop-out. A, a, a good uh, Christian worldview leader has to do the hard work. You have to build relationships. You have to have credibility and influence. You've got to have some reason why someone cares what you think. Uh, you have to work hard to, you know, uh, you, you might have a friend who who's an atheist or who unknowingly is sort of a naturalist on, on, on various topics and and yet they kind of believe in God all at the same time. And, and they have these strange contradictions. You know, um, most people are not convinced by things because someone argued their way, you know, <laughs> yeah. into into that. Instead, it's all, yeah. almost always, you know, the, the know how much you care thing. It's the, do I have an invested relationship where I can say, hey, you know, um, I know we disagree on this issue on politics or or bioethical issues or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, can we talk about the heart of this issue? Do you what do you believe about human nature? What do you believe about what what's government for anyway? Yeah. And and some of those deep questions can really get past one the emotional stuff. It can get past the I'm against you. Instead, you're saying let's compare our worldview ideas and figure out well, of course we disagree because, you know, we have completely antithetical worldview positions on things. Oh, now we can actually start a conversation. I'm not surprised that you believe this or this because you don't believe in God or I do or, or whatever it is. It just it reveals so much. And I think finally, I mean, really, the, the, the truth is that we can't believe that just shifting worldview is the ultimate answer because you know i think jesus himself and the truth of the gospel as a first step is a lot better to change someone's worldview the transformative power right. of scripture yeah. god himself through jesus christ and and that's absolutely true but because much of the church believes in the power of the gospel and we're not we're, we're all convinced about that the reason i'm making these points today i think is to bring attention to the fact that uh we can't be lazy that we have to put in the hard work and that we have to be willing to think through our inconsistent, incompatible, illogical beliefs so that we can help influence in that way. And really, maybe I'm too hopeful. Maybe I'm too idealistic. I've been accused of that before, but I'm I'm somewhat hopeful that at least in some sectors and some pockets of people, maybe a family or whatever, that you can have a deeper discussion based on worldview of assumptions and actually make some headway on understanding each other. 
you know, I was I was uh, teaching an Acts class, and uh, it was getting toward the end of the class. And I, I said, man, it seems like you guys are kind of fading a little bit. And one of the students, I, I loved what he said. He said, oh, man, my brain is so tired. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, man, that was one of the best compliments anybody could give yes. me. And he was like, man, because while I'm talking about the theological perspectives, he's thinking, okay, what do I believe? What, what should I not believe? What's right. tradition? What's actually scripture? And I love to watch the wheels turning and smoke was coming from his head and uh, i mean it was it was just and and the other students in the class went yeah yeah you're messing with our in our brains we're, we're just thinking this all through uh, and a big part of that is you know if you're open to uh taking a look at at you know and i didn't give them any answers and that's one right. of the things I really love. Yeah, yeah, we hear that a lot from our students. Yeah, that, that one of the things as they get a little older and they look back, they say the thing I most appreciated about my education at Dallas Christian College was that you taught me how to think, yes. and not what to think. That's right. And, and as I was listening, I, it, it's very easy to just say, "Well, why don't you give me these ten things, and I'll <laughs> I'll have my Christian worldview, and and, <laughs> and I'll be easy. okay." And yeah. it's not that easy, uh, especially when we live in a world that has contrasting worldviews. Yeah, That's I've right. literally had in the Ash class, I, I I had a student that said, "Can you just tell us?" <laughs> what to believe and i was like no nope. no <laughs> no you we can't. can't i can't yeah. and they're like oh man that's so frustrating and i was like yeah because you have to do the hard work yeah it, it won't work ultimately yeah. you yeah. won't own it as your worldview yeah that's not. it and, and yeah. it's so fun yeah. you know to and you know scott that's what happened to me you know okay. when i came here to dcc i had this preconceived worldview and it wasn't that i came here and i was brainwashed nobody told me what to believe right they told they taught me how to think mm -hmm. for yep. myself and that's a that's a huge gift right you know to be able to think and, and like you're saying brian you know to take a look at both sides absolutely or all sides of the yep. issue without without feel like feeling like you're selling out you know it's it man it's so and you're right it's hard work it's hard work it think. is and it takes time it does yes. take time. It's no, there's it no microwaves no, here. There, there is not. You <laughs> no cannot, microwaves. It's a slow cooker. You cannot microwave a disciple. You cannot microwave a Christian worldview. No, you can't. And so speaking of time, we've come to the end of our time. Wow. But uh, fast. thank you guys for sharing. And uh, we're going to continue this discussion. Uh, Dallas Christian College's leadership podcast will be an ongoing thing. We're so glad you, you joined us today for this episode. And we'll continue in the, in the weeks to come. If there is something that you want to know more about Dallas Christian College. You can find that at www.dallas.edu. But in the meantime, thank you gentlemen for sharing. I uh, pray that everyone stays safe and healthy there, and we look forward to joining you next time. Bye.